Well, well, well. Thank God for his goodness and grace. That's me fooling around on the bass guitar there, you know, and playing along with some 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 runs that I had heard, you know, but certainly we thank and praise God for his goodness on this uh, 24th day of April. My prayer is that you are feeling blessed. If you're not, if you haven't thought about it, you know, if you think you're having a bad hair day, uh, think again. Think again. Yeah, it might be a bad hair day, but think again. You know, I want to welcome you to Inside the Pages presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. This is Pastor Carl Henderson. Our Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m. Uh, Tuesday Bible study at 7 p.m. And on Saturdays at 11.30 p.m., uh, you can find us on KKLA or KKLA.com, uh, 99.5 on the FM radio dial. And certainly we thank and praise God for blessing us with an opportunity to reach out to the masses, to present the word of God, the unequivocal, the unadulterated truth, something that you can find jubilee in and practice a spirit of excellence. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful. We are bold. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. And with that being said, Father, we thank you for your goodness and grace. We thank you for your love and mercy. Lord God, for waking us up this morning, giving us an opportunity to call out on you to seek your face, Lord God, to feel for you, that we may find you. What we need to do is worship him, worship Christ our Lord. And the Bible tells us to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And that's, a, you know, I, I arrived at the church earlier than normal, or earlier than what I would do. And that's what I've been doing. I've been making a joyful noise unto the Lord uh, since early on. Just thanking God for what he has done in this little man's life. What he has planned for me. You know, as I was resting and before the Woke up before the alarm clock went off, so I was up quite early, had some coffee, and was going over the Sunday school lesson, because we, we do Sunday school after the morning uh, service. And so, um, going over the lesson, but as I woke up, before I even got to the lesson, you know, I, I began to think about how uh, the Bible says that you, you'll know... Uh, a tree by the fruit it bears and that the Lord said that we abide in him you know that that will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth fruit in its season you know and so there is a season that we're that we're about to enter into mm -hmm. it's a season that now everyone is not on the same schedule let me let me make that perfectly clear because sometimes you go into a service and the minister gets up and says and tells one person 
that they are about to enter into a season and everyone else think it's them, it's not, that's not necessarily so unless it's directed to you. Now, if the minister gets up and tells the entire church, church, we are about to enter into a season, then it is for everyone that is present and listening that is part of that body. And so, you know, as a young man, I stood, I'm still a young man. I used to wonder when I heard these things, you know, oh, well, and, and I would see certain people uh, entering into it and receiving certain things. And I'm like, but where's mine at? My hand, you know, and I found out through, uh, through paying attention, paying closer attention, it was, that was for them. It was not spoken to everyone. Well, there is a season that, that we're about to enter into. There's a season that we're about to enter, Cornerstone, understand this. There is a season that we are about to enter into, and so you have to keep your ears and your eyes open. Uh, the, the Lord is not only, uh, the Bible speaks to us and tell us that he is coming for those that are looking for him. And so I want to apply that this morning to the season. You need to pay attention to the seasons or you will miss it. You'll miss it. And so you want to be alert. You want to be aware. Watch. The Bible says watch and pray. Alertness, awareness, watch and pray. And so, you know, just want to, to just touch that. We'll come back to that later. You know, as this is the last week of consecration. We've been consecrating since the first week of April uh, through the end of the month. And, and on Friday at, at uh, 1800, uh, you, the consecration comes to an end. Uh, that's on Friday at 18 at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, and so it comes to an end. And certainly we're going to continue praying for souls because that's what we're about. It's about souls. And so something... Uh, some things come by prayer and fasting. Some things come by you consecrating yourself. And if you've been following along with us in the book of Daniel, you see that Daniel set aside fasting and prayer and made supplication unto the Lord. And so I want to thank you, those of you that have been fasting and praying with us, those of you that have been that joined into the consecration. And if you, if you didn't know about it and you want to join in, this is the last week of this consecration. And so it's not too late. It's not too late. As the Bible says, some came at the end of the day and they received equal pay. And you'll find that in the book of Matthews, about the 20th chapter, that the, those, there are some that went into the vineyard early in the morning. And they worked and labored all day. And then there was those that came afterwards at the last hour and they received uh, the equal pay. And God is fair. God is fair in what he does. And so uh, we want to, if you have not joined in the consecration, if you didn't know about it or if you uh, decided to, that, that you just couldn't leave that fish, chicken, beef, whatever it was that was crawling around, flying, that you shot out the air, no, I'm just kidding, that you purchased and, um, you know, and fried up, baked, shook, shake and bake, whatever you did with it, but now you want to join into the consecration at the, on this last week, you know, it is a garden variety, 
uh, is plant-based, and I'm not, I don't mean run out and buy a bunch of plant-based food. That stuff is full of sodium, you know, it's full of salt, and your body uh, don't do well with having too much of anything. It doesn't matter. That's why, that's why some of us is round, some of us are, are tall and thin, others are, you know, you get what I'm saying. And so it, it's a balance. And so during the consecration, it is a, it is a time for you to uh, let your body uh, rest by eating uh, plenty of green vegetables and, you know, and uh, let's say, for instance, you want to have some, some, some cabbage and some cornbread and some corn on the cob and, um, you know, some candy yams. The only thing that's missing is, is that fried chicken but you're going to have the rest of, you know, so that's just to, just to help you out there. Um, and so you're going to eat like that throughout the rest of the week and, and, and to, to bring this consecration to an end. You know, when Daniel consecrated, uh, he just had a bowl of beans. You know, I don't know if he had no bread or whatever. I don't know. You know, and their bread, they didn't eat cornbread or anything that, that had yeast in it. So it didn't puff up. Uh, you don't want to puff up. You know, uh, though Bible students, you should understand what I'm, I'm talking about. Uh, you don't want to puff up. And, and so the children of Israel did not eat anything that would cause that, that would puff up. And, and so um, join in with us in the consecration. But we're going to go into the word of God. The hour is far spent. I want to direct your attention to the book of Revelation. And this is, I'm not going to be able to complete all of this uh, in this particular setting. But the book of Revelation, the 20th chapter, beginning at the first verse, it says, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and a chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season dropping down to verse seven. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, a, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about in the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Uh, this morning, I want to exhort a message. Uh, 
a part of it because we won't get through all of it. Uh, this is a message that I preached in 2001. I was thinking about it as we were been traveling through the book of Revelation. And the message simply asked the question, what in hell do you want? It's not a new question. Some of you or others may have heard that asked in a derogatory way. But this is a legitimate question. Now, others have preached it, exhorted it, taught on it. Now, I'm just one of many preachers that are blessed to, uh, uh, through the foolishness that God has placed here, through the foolishness of preaching, to be saved, I myself to be saved, and uh, God will save those that believe. There's nothing new under the sun. You know, and so I'm just here as a reminder of those things. Hell is mentioned or referred to uh, as a shield. Hades, the pit, or the grave, to name a few. And it's talked about more than 160 times. Uh, Jesus himself made 70 references to this terrible place place that people make fun of. Now, I want to say this right now. I don't, I don't care what anybody has ever done to you. And people have done some things that are very hurtful. That, that woman, that man, that person that may have taken the life of another. But there's nothing like hell. And people will tell another person, I, I go to hell. They don't wish that upon nobody. Don't do that. Free yourself. Free your mind from even uttering those words. Hell is not a secret. It's not a secret place. It is the realm of the dead. Uh, it is a place where those that have been separated from God will go, will be placed in. You don't have a hell to put nobody in. You don't have a, uh, if you have a car, you can put them in your car. If you have a home that you're renting or buying, you can put them in your home. But you don't have a hell to place nobody in. Separated from God. But why would I want to be separated from God? You, you need to ask yourself that. What is it? that turns me on, that gives me an itch that I can't scratch. And so I'm gonna to try to do whatever I can to scratch that itch and ignore God. What is it? What would I allow to separate me from God knowing that the destination after that would be hell? The Bible is very clear on the purpose of hell. Matthew 25 and 41. Lord, I love you. Thank you, Jesus. Then shall he say also unto them on the left, depart from me, ye cursed, 
into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Hell is a place for those that are cursed. Who is cursed? Those that reject the Lord. Who is cursed? Preachers, ministers, those that claim that I'm a Christian. Are you a practicing Christian? You know, the reason that they called them Christians in Antioch was because they were doing something that reminded them of the teaching of Christ Jesus. When Peter said, if you suffer as a Christian, you'll only find this two places in the Bible. It's in Antioch, and then when Peter said, if you suffer as a Christian. In other words, he is making reference to your character. Other than that, you won't find it. But for those that claim to be a Christian, those that say, I am a saint. There are those that say, I, I, I can't use the word saint because that means that you that I am uh, whiter than snow. And, you know, and that when I, I walk on water, um, uh, I don't sink, uh, you know, and, uh, and and if I say I'm a saint, uh, you know, there's a saying in the world that that and, and I have to be very careful here that uh, your stuff don't stink. Well, yes, it does, because you're eating dead flesh and therefore it stinks uh, as it passes through your body. That's everybody. That is a natural thing. God calls us saints and he's been using that term for his people since uh, you go back and find that throughout the Old Testament. Uh, but the point here is that those that say I am and you might even have cast out devils in his name. You may have even preached in his name. You may have prophesied in his name, but you did not live a life. Paul said, after I have preached to others, I myself is a castaway. Those are cursed. Those are people that are cursed and created for the devil and his angels. The Bible said that they were cast into everlasting or will be cast into everlasting fire. So we know that hell has everlasting fire. There's nothing to extinguish it. There's nothing to put it out. There's certainly no fire escape. As I look uh, around the sanctuary, there are a number of signs up that say exit. Uh, you know, there, there's a, a number of doors that you can run out. Uh, if there was, uh, unless there's fire, unless you're surrounded by fire, by some strange reason, you should be able to get out of here safely. Not being harmed, without being trampled. There are a lot of exits, as well as windows. But I have not read that there is a fire extinguisher, a fire hose, a stairwell leading out of a fire escape, a trap door of any sort underneath, above, on the side, that you can escape out of 
hell. Matthews 8, 28, 29 says, and when he had come to the other side of the country of the, uh, there met a man who was possessed with devils. Jesus had crossed over, they had came over the, the, the lake and, and came to a certain point and they met a man. Uh, who was possessed with devils. And he was coming out of the tombs exceedingly fierce. You ever seen somebody that uh, they they were fierce? You, you might have just been driving down the street and, and, you know, you looked at that person and you was like, wow, that person's pretty messed up. I've been some places where, and maybe, maybe someone, I thought I was pretty messed up too at one time. And matter of fact, from some testimonies that I heard, uh, they did think I was pretty messed up. It was an eye opener because see, you don't have to be a transit, you know, someone that's dirty, you know, as that when we think about transit, we think of someone that's sleeping in the dirt and they're homeless, you know. You, you don't have to be homeless to be messed up. You don't have to, you could be a functioning person going to work every day. Messed up. And so I, I, I was pretty messed up. I'm not afraid to say that. And it was an eye opener when I heard someone talk about it one time of the of how angry and the fierceness that God delivered me in such a way and brought me out of that. Not only did he bring me out of it. My mother followed, my brother followed, my sister followed, right along with my deliverance. You have to face the reality that God had to deliver you. Those that are walking around said, I don't need deliverance from God. I'm fine. You know, my life is good. You know, we just have a little dinner and wine. The family get together, you know, sometime. And, you know, everything is, is peachy king and all of that kind of stuff, uh, you know. And I don't lie and I pay my bills on time. And, and that's all good. Those are moral things to do. But you still taint it with sin that has been passed down by from Adam. And so we're born of sin and shaping and iniquity. And we need to be set free so that we don't wind up in that place. And so this man was exceedingly fierce so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out saying, what have we to do with thee? This man. Now, Jesus meets a man. But out of that man, they cry out. There's one individual that is Jesus and the disciples in them are, are standing there looking at, but yet they cry out. Somebody that you have crossed paths with, that individual, they are full of them. I hope you got that. Because this man was full of 
them and they cry out saying, what have we to do with thee? Jesus, thou son of God, art thou come to torment us before our time? So they had a complete understanding that their time is limited. And when they saw Jesus, they anticipated him placing them in the place of torment. Hmm. Based on the word of God, demons know their appointed time, that there is a time. Daniel, stay with us, Daniel talked about this. You need to know that there is an appointed time. Daniels 12, 1, 2 says, and at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to to that same time, and at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. Those that will be delivered from that terrible time that has never been since there has been a nation shall be delivered, provided your name is in the book. Now Moses talked about this book. Obviously, he had a rhema word, revelation from God. And Moses was talking to the Lord on behalf of his people, behalf of the children of Israel, and, and, and said, Lord, now, if, you, if you're going to deal with them that way, then take my name out of the book. Because of their relationship, Moses knew how to entreat God. You cannot just say any and everything to God and you don't have a relationship with him. Let's go on. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some to everlasting life. Why? Because their name was in the book. And some to shame and everlasting contempt. Now contempt meaning they disregard. For some reason, they, they would have to tell you I would rather confess it and get my life right as I did in my prayers that they would do the same. But for some reason, they chose to neglect the word of God. For some reason, they chose to ignore what should be taken into an account. And so they going to wake up in shame. Luke, the 16th chapter uh, beginning at the 19th verse says there was a certain man, a certain rich man to be exact, a certain rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was led, laid at his gate. Lazarus was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with crumbs 
which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. His only comfort, the sores was the dogs to lick them and apply their saliva over the sores, the pain that he was in. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into the bosom, Abraham's bosom. The rich man died also and was buried. And he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeing Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in the bosom, in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip his finger in some water. Now I'm drinking. I have a, a 16 ounce bottle of water that I'm sipping on. This man was just asking that if if Lazarus could dip his finger in some water, a drop, just a a smear of water, and cool my tongue. I'm tormented in this flame. The rich man died and he was buried. He lived a, a life, uh, uh, you know, what you want. Let's put it that way. A certain rich man, meaning he had what you want, whatever you want, he could buy it. He had what what you want, but uh, but wasn't willing to, uh, you know, to do anything with it that he could have done. You, you ever walk into a subway and there was somebody that was nearby asking for change or, you, you know, or hungry? I'm sure that you that I'm not the only one that have seen someone reaching into the trash can looking for uh, plastic, that's fine, done that. Pull plastic out, you know, to sell it, cans. But what about when they're looking for something to eat? Did you stop and buy them something to eat? Did you ask them, what do you want? And meet that need, even if it means or meant neglecting what you were going into the store to get. What you were going to buy for yourself. You was going to go buy you a Big Mac. You was going to go buy you an eight-piece uh, chicken from, from the deli. Or what. Instead of you buying that for yourself, you split it with them. Or maybe you gave it all to them. Maybe it was on sale. And, but you got, gave them something that they could have throughout the day. The evening. This rich man could have done that. Now, this rich man was well to do. He applied the basics of what Proverbs 22 and 29 says, and I'll let you read that for yourself. Proverbs 22 and 29. 
However, Lazarus was not as fortunate. Lazarus was handicapped. He was brought, he was laid at the rich man's gate. When you saw him, you saw his sores. You, you've seen it. Where you, uh, someone has sores on their hands. Maybe they have sores on their face. They don't have, uh, you know, the means to take to take care of themselves in such a way that that this didn't occur. Lazarus was handicapped and had sores too. No job, no medical plan. Yet he lived his best, which required the help of others. With all that was happening in his life, he still found time for the Lord. What's your excuse? With all that Lazarus was dealing with, his dependencies, what is your excuse? Both men eventually died and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into uh, Abraham's, Abraham's bosom. Obviously, uh, Lazarus name was written in the book. The rich man died, also died and was buried. Didn't say he was carried anyway. He was buried and in hell he lifted his eyes being in torments and seeing Abraham afar. I believe the rich man, if he was here today, would say, don't come here. Don't, don't come, stop what you're doing. And if I believe if the rich man was here, he might even ask the question, what in hell do you want? There's nothing here except pain and suffering. Unlike the sitcoms that we see on TV, cable, Netflix, whatever you're watching, HBO. Unlike the comedians that you may be listening to that make fun about uh, why go to heaven and be bored when I can go to hell and party with the devil and The movies, the man with everything had nothing in hell. He was begging for the man that he neglected to dip his finger in some water and cool his tongue. He even asked, can, can, can I go and tell my family members don't come here? Nope, there's a great gulf between where you are and where Lazarus is. Well, can you send somebody and let my family know, don't come here. Let my friends and those that I'm thinking about, don't come here. The response was, they have the prophets. They have those that the word of God has been written, it has been proclaimed, they have the Prophets, they have the evangelists, they have the preachers, they have the teachers. Today you have 
Pastor Carl Henderson reiterating, don't go there. Are you listening? There was no mention of a party bus. The flames were not from people getting lit. No guys or girls except those whose names were not written in the book of life. They were tormented in the flames. Well, John said, and I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. John said, I saw angel come down. And, uh, and so John is now, because when you look at John and his panoramic view that John has uh, of things, uh, you also see him uh, vertical because he see things that's happening in the heavens as well as on the earth. So he's back on earth where the vision continues. This angel has the key. The key, the key, the key. Some of you have keys in your possession or may have been given a key for, for your employment or something that says do not duplicate. Because it is a specific master key uh, for the business or for some safe or something to keep something safe. So it is uh, edge in there. Do not duplicate. Because you have the key for something that's important. This angel had the key. This key was for a lock to prevent entry and exiting the pit. Now, we were introduced to this pit in about the ninth chapter where uh, the Bible, where John said, I, I saw a star, an angelic being who was given a key. And he opened the bottomless pit. And uh, out of that bottomless pit rose a great smoke, which means something was generating that smoke, not a smoke machine. And also in that pit was locusts that would come out. And there was also another angelic being in the pit. A king that was given authority whose name is uh, Abaddon or Apollyon, who was king in the pit. In other words, he was given an assignment of authority to keep things controlled. Why in the world would you want to go and visit this pit? Why, and, and excuse me, let me change that because it is not a visitation. It is a dwelling place for those whose name is not written in the Lamb's book of life. What is it that is so exciting, so stimulating that you would sacrifice your soul salvation hmm. This angel has a great chain, unbreakable, cannot be melted or destroyed by anything outside the word of God. You ever found yourself in a 
paralyzed position. Maybe, maybe it was just your hand that fell asleep and you couldn't move it right. Or maybe you bumped your elbow, your funny bone, and all of a sudden it froze up. Nothing you could do until it wears down. You know, maybe you've been in an accident of some sort and you lost the mobility in that part of your body. And, and thank God if you regained it or if you learned to work around. But you understand what I'm saying. In this scenario, this angelic being has a great authority and power over. And the Bible said a great chain. It is unbreakable, cannot be melted or destroyed. And Samson was bound in fretters, chains made of brass. Uh, some uh, chains are made of iron. But Samson was able to break that through the power that God had given him, the anointing that God. And there's others, those of you that have been in certain fields can attest that about 400 pounds of pressure will snap the handcuffs. Mm -hmm. There's a way to break them. They're not unbreakable. Samson was bound in fretters of brass, and, uh, you know, but he break them. When Jesus and the disciples arrived in that region of the Gerasenes, they met a man who was demon-possessed. Some people you meet are demon-possessed. They might be wearing a uniform. They may have taken oaths. They might be doctors. You, you know, some of you love Grace Anatomy and watching Med, Chicago Med and different shows on TV. You ever notice that they, they always sneak in a room screwing? Uh, I'm sorry, I, I shouldn't use that word. But they sneak in a room and screw, have sex, cheating on one another. Some of that is they can't help it because some of them are possessed with that spirit. Now, they display that on TV. But they got that from a real some officers can, can't help it. They got to pull the gun, shooting, lying, you know, demon possession, murder spirit, and others. I just, I just named those because those are some of the most popular. But you understand what I'm saying. Some people that you meet are demon possessed. Some look like everyday Joe. Hey, Joe. Hey, Carl. But Joe has a demon. Demons know when to act up, how to act up. I remember going to a home and we were doing a search in this home. Hollywood Hills went down into beautiful home. But as you go to search in the rooms to make sure everybody was okay and you went down into a certain there were a, there was a hidden chamber and in that hidden chamber uh there was things that i had never seen before except on tv it was an eye opener things that people cannot live without now don't don't get me wrong the bible said if you marry husband wife male female the bed is undefiled you do what you want to do keep it to yourselves behind closed doors don't expose your children to stuff. But when you're not, 
And it's just the orgy of things going on. That's demon possession. Mm-hmm. When you fight for it, uh, don't want nobody to take it away from you. Start crying like a baby uh, who loses their pacifier. I tell you that something got control of you. Whether it's drugs, whether it's what I've mentioned, whether it's lying. You ever talk to somebody that's a habitual liar? That's a demon. They can't help it. They even think in their own mind that they're telling you the truth. Even if it's just a simple thing, or I'm going to, I, I'll check into that later. And no, deep down in their heart, they ain't going to check into nothing. They just said just to, just as clean lying. And the Lord said, a liar shall not tarry in my presence. So where are liars going to be? That place you don't want to go. Does telling a lie mean so much to you that doing what's wrong means so much to you? Does it seem so much fun to do that thing knowing the, 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 the pending judgment of it? Listen, I, I, I've run out of time. I've run out of time. We're gonna we're gonna pick this back up, but the question remains. Let me put a marker here. The question remains: What in hell do you want? What is it that God has called you to do that you're neglecting to the extent of living an unsaved or a hypocritical life, pastors, ministers? Saints and friends, what is it that the word of God tells us to do that we make excuses not to do continually uh, have an excuse? Oh, well, I can't. I can't be faithful to God in, 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 in offering. I cannot be faithful in tithing. I cannot be faithful in, in living a saved life. You know, I'm only human. I've got to sin sometimes. The devil is a liar. And he was a liar in the beginning. And he's the father of all lies. What is it that we would neglect? You know, I, I had to, I was searching my life, searching myself. When you pray and that thing that pops up in your mind, when you ask that question and that thing pops up in your mind, mm-hmm. Don't ignore it. Deal with it. Well, our, our time, and I, I'm, I'm going to stop here, but part two, we'll deal with the second part of this. Because the Bible said that he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. That's verse two. Of Revelation 20 and 2. Bound him a thousand years. Mighty God. Bless your name Jesus. Father in the name of Jesus. We thank you Lord God for your goodness and grace. We thank you Lord for your love and your mercy. How you have blessed us to begin. The examination of ourselves. How you have blessed us to stop and to think about 
where our eternal state would be. Lord God, we honor you for your grace and your mercy. We honor you, Lord God, for what you have done. We're not just talking words, and Lord God, but we know that we must live a life that is acceptable unto you. Lord, and so I pray and ask that you would bless each one that has given and that have given themselves to paying attention to what has been presented this morning, Lord God. And as we go further into the next part of this, Lord God, and that you would give us, Lord God, ears to hear, hearts and minds to retain your word, Lord. Lord, we want to live in such a way that we hear your voice say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Lord God, that we might enter into your joy. We know in your presence is the fullness of joy. Lord God, and so we pray and ask that you would help us, Lord God, to govern ourselves, not to take anything for granted as we see the, the signs of the time, as we see, Lord God, what is happening right in front of us. We're not dismissing any of these things. We're not ignoring them. Lord God, but we are looking with expectations and giving full attendance, Lord Jesus, to what is occurring. Lord God, we pray and ask that you would help us, Lord. Help us to seek your face. Oh, Lord God, to live the life that you have called us to live. Lord Jesus, as we ingest your word, Lord God, concerning that dreadful place, we know that you're able to, uh, Lord God, man might destroy the body, but you can destroy both the body and the soul. Lord, and we pray that we, Lord God, that to avoid those things. You've given us, Lord God, baptism in your name. You've given us uh, gift of the Holy Ghost that we can tarry and seek after you, Lord God. Lord, and so I pray and ask that you will bless those that are in need of remission of sin. Lord Jesus, to find a church home and to be faithful, find a place to abide in. Lord, fill them that are tearing for the Holy Ghost, Lord, for you said that it is the seal of redemption. Lord God, and so I pray and ask that you will bless them with the same evidence that you Pour it out on the day of Pentecost that you poured out in the house of Cornelius as you poured out in our lives and the lives of others. Lord God, we pray and ask you blessings in the name of Jesus. Lord, we'll continue to give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you, Lord Jesus. We're going to continue this on Tuesday night. What in hell do you want? Tell somebody, ask somebody. That's a legitimate question. Tuesday night at 7 p.m., the Lord say the same. We're going to pick up where we left off at. Continue to exhort that. This is Pastor Carl Henderson of Cornerstone Apostolic Church. If you're looking for a church home, I want to invite you to stop in at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. 
Join us at 9 a.m. on Sundays. Continue to pray for us as we are praying for you. Be blessed.